one of the biggest problems as you're scaling is getting out of your own way. So you might need to bring team members in that have a higher level of understanding, expertise, experience than you. But on the flip side of this, you might be too people heavy. So this has to be a real balance. Growing your business should be easier, right? Is to increase in size and scope of what it is you do. So you can grow a business from $100,000 to $100 million. That is growing your business. Scaling your business implies very much the same thing, but with a measure of efficiency that also makes it more profitable as you grow. Welcome to the Influence by Design podcast. I'm Samantha Riley, authority positioning strategist for coaches and experts. If you're ready to build a business that gives you more than just a caffeine addiction and you dream of making more money, having more time and having the freedom to be living your best life, then you're in the right place. It's time to level up. Welcome to today's episode of Influence by Design. I'm your co-host for today, Samantha Riley, joined by my partner, Tim, whose warranty has expired Hyde, joining me today. Tim, I want to say how are you, but I'm almost too scared to ask. You've been a bit in the wars. I have been in the wars. It's not, it's not, it's not particularly pleasant to me, really. <laughs> we're, we're both laughing, but I'm not la- I really am not laughing at you. Go on, tell us what's been going on in your world. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, I turned 50 last year, as, as some of our uh, listeners know. And since turning 50, um, I've had a diagnosis of fatty liver, insulin resistance, sleep apnea. Last week I had a kidney stone, which is not something I'd ever recommend anyone do voluntarily. That was horrible. And then last Monday at basketball, I managed to break my ankle. Unbelievable. Can I just say, it's not a turning 50 thing because I've done none of those, oh my goodness, touch wood, none of those things since I've turned 50. But wow, not fun at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in the wars a bit. I think I'm just going a bit too hard, but you know. Hey, look, I'm insured. It's all good. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's better than insurance? Just eating some good food, drinking some good quality water, having a bit of sleep. Well, good quality water. I thought you were about to say wine. (laughs) 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 That must be it. I've just given up wine and then, uh, yeah, it's all falling apart. (laughs) Uh, Well, I hope you are on the mend soon. Today, let's let's answer a question that's come through. Uh, the question has come through from Ian Crawford, who we've had on the show before, so big shout-out to Ian. And he's asked, what is the one major thing you see people trying to scale their business forget or not do well without even realising it? And I love this question because I'm a big advocate and say this all the time. You can't read the label from inside the jar. So essentially, you don't know what you don't know. So I really love this question. And hopefully, when we dive into it today, it gives you some ideas of where, you know, you can look in your business to take it to the next next level. I think think the first question that's probably a good one to, to answer here, Sam, is, you know, what is scale and what is growth? Yeah, I think this is really important. You know, not necessarily what is already missed. You know, we don't understand what scale because I think it's one of those terms that it's kind of thrown out there in many ways, but people don't necessarily really understand what that actually means to scale a business. Definitely. I think before we, before we jumped on this call, 
I was talking about uh, I'd seen someone or had dinner with someone last year and she was just starting her business and she was asking what I did and we were chatting about that. And she said, oh, I've just started working with a coach. I went, great. What are they helping you with? She said, oh, they're helping me to scale. But she hadn't actually started her business. It's just you need to make sure that you find a person to help you for exactly where you are in business at that time. And this particular conversation had us not 100% agreeing at every part of the conversation, um, which is fine because we're all allowed yeah. to have our own opinions, right? <laughs> well, that was absolutely. And, and we had we did go and, you know, full disclosure, we did go and Google a couple of answers to see what the, the Google definition of scale was. Yeah, not but just I, the I Sam and Tim version. Said, what, would you, what would you do if someone came to you and said, can you help me scale my business? I haven't started yet. Uh, yeah. And, and my my you know, off the cuff response was like, I'd send them away to actually get started first. Yes. Um, it's much easier when you've got something there to, to start. But let's let's look at the two definitions firstly, right? Growing your business should be easier, right? Is to increase in, sky, in size and scope of what it is you do, right? So you can grow a business from $100,000 to $100 million. That is growing your business. Mm-hmm. Scaling your business implies very much the same thing, but with a measure of efficiency that also makes it more profitable as you grow. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you were to think about this just as sort of, you know, dollars over time kind of graph, um, and and draw a line of top line revenue and a line of costs, growth just makes them both go up. Yeah. Right? So we it's a line that essentially that's in a in a straight line upwards. And, but they're in, they're in parallel, right? Your yep. costs and your and your and your growth are largely kind of doing the same thing. There's pro- let's let's ignore the fact there's a little intersect at the beginning of break even, right? Where your costs exceed your revenues. Let's, let's not let's not dive deep there today. <laughs> All right. Um, scaling implies that as your revenue grows, your costs lower or increase the gap between top line and costs. Mm-hmm. And by top line revenue, we mean all of the dollars that you bring in compared to what you spend, and the gaps of profit. Mm-hmm. Right? So scale is inherently a good thing. Growing just means your costs increase as well, right? And growth mm-hmm. is expensive. We know mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I th- I know both of us have uh, spoken with many, many, many business owners that are in a situation where they've grown. And sometimes to really huge amounts, you know, seven, eight figures in multi-millions of dollars Mm. that are saying, my goodness, like we've grown, we've got all this revenue coming in, you know, we've got $25 million coming in and I still don't have any money going in my pocket or I'm still not making any more money than what I made sort of five years ago when my revenue was a lot smaller. And that's because they haven't scaled, they haven't worked out where they can become more efficient so that they become more profitable. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a thing that I've heard a lot of. Uh, I'm, I'm going back to probably at least 10 or 15 years ago, a conversation that I had with an accountant friend of mine, Leanne. So shout out to Leanne if you're listening. Um, and and she told a story of a client that, they'd, that she'd worked with and, and they were – when she originally went into them, they were $25 million in revenue, four partners in the business. Um, and, you know, by any stretch of the imagination, $25 million is a pretty successful business, mm. right? Um, 
what uh, what they did was restructure, took a bunch of um, the divisions out, got rid of them, cut the staffing massively, looked at what was profitable and what was not profitable, uh, and effectively reduced the size of the business over the course of 12 months to about $5 million in top-line revenue. Mm-hmm. However, and you think, oh, my God, why would you do that? That sounds Yeah, yeah. that's like tw- insane, right? you only got 20% left of, of what you had. Okay. Right, but running a twenty-five million dollars is business is a pretty stressful thing. Mm-hmm. You've got lots of fingers and lots of pies. Running a five million dollar business is much easier as is running a fifty thousand dollar business much mm-hmm. much easier. Uh, but the, here's the here's the real thing, right? That she was saying that each of the owners was able to double their take-home revenue in a five million dollar business that they couldn't do in a twenty-five million dollar one. Mm-hmm. Interesting, right? hey by focusing on what the purpose of your business is, which is to make profit for you. Mm-hmm. Love it. And I don't think, you know, as we scale, we want to keep an eye on that, right? That's Absolutely. That's yeah. So let's talk about um, some of these efficiencies that we're talking about here within scaling. You know, I think one of the major costs of a business that's at that level is definitely people, staff, You've got tech, you've got other resources. Let's dive into people first because I think that this can be one of the biggest costs. Um, Now, this can actually go either way. We're talking about delegating and teams. You definitely need to do it because one of the biggest problems as you're scaling is getting out of your own way. So you might need to bring team members in that have a, a higher level of understanding, expertise, experience than you. But on the flip side of this, you might be too people heavy. So this has to be a real balance. What do you want to add to this, Tim? Well, I think I think that's probably definitely right. We know that as a business grows, you know, whilst technology might be the initial big outlay for you, over time it becomes your staffing bill. It, that's going to be probably the biggest chunk of, of of most businesses. Again, depends on the nature of the business. If you're a product-focused one, that or with the other big rock that you probably don't have too, as much control over. But I, I've got a mate of mine who's got a thousand-odd staff, uh, and I, I constantly joke with him that he's probably paying for 10 people to sit on the toilet at any moment, moment in time. <laughs> so he's got he's got a a high amount of staff. He's got a large team. He's got a large team. But you know that's one of the bigger the biggest things. And I think you know just to sort of underpin you know all of this this conversation um, and to you know potentially sort of touch on to Ian's question about what's missing from businesses as, as they scale. It's real understanding of the metrics that are arising out of those three resource buckets. Mm. So staffing, right, we need to be looking at utilisation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you've got 10 people sitting on the toilet, <laughs> those 10 people you are paying for but not getting productivity from. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you've got people who turn up, used to have this this funny joke about um, when I was back in my project management days, when I saw people sort of say, I'm going to get eight hours of productivity out of every single resource that works for me. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> right? you know, you're, more, you're probably more likely to get five hours of, of productive time um, in an eight-hour day out of a resource that you hire. And so really understanding that, but a business that can get six hours of productive work rather than five hours of productive work, 
well, one of these businesses is going to be more efficient and effective at delivering solutions to clients, and therefore the gap between cost and revenue will be bigger. Mm. Right? That company will scale. But if you don't measure that as a metric in your business, you'll have no idea. Mm. You know, you'll be thinking you're getting eight hours, but not getting eight hours. Mm. Totally, totally. Let's talk about technology because this is uh, another big one. Obviously, it's one of the big three. We just mentioned that. Um, I find that when businesses start, they're very scrappy. You know, we bootstrap. We're tr- we're doing as much as we can with as little re- you know as little money as we can, and we're trying to to get everything up and running. Uh, running, and this can mean that we've got a whole heap of technology that's kind of strapped together. And one of the things I know and that I do with my clients at a a certain point is go in and we actually map out their entire technology, uh, I guess, let's call it bundle. You've probably got a different word for it. but and tech Yeah, tech stack. (laughs) There we go. That's much better. Um, And we usually can go, well, what, what, what do all of these different pieces do? And how can we, now we know that, can we choose three or four or max five pieces of technology that can still do all of this, but we don't have so much like strapped together? It's like sellotape together. You know, you can just visualize it. Yeah. Um, there, is a, there is a thing, and, and I'm going to go and do that because that might be just fun and slightly terrifying to know what I'm spending subscriptions <laughs> on, that I, but I don't really use very effectively. Um, there are absolutely certain tools, and whether you – you know, I wouldn't necessarily take Sam's advice there on a, you know, must only have five, you know. Look, I, I didn't mean, you know, this is exactly <laughs> what we're doing, but essentially what we're trying to do is simplify and get rid of as much flush, fluff as mo- as possible. We, yeah, it's, it's again, out what it's actually, coming back what to efficiency. Yeah. Yeah, it's, what, it's, it's working out what you actually need and making sure that you use it, right? I've seen lots of people, you know, put in CRM systems and they never use them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then it becomes an expense to your business that you eventually just go and get rid of. Mm-hmm. If you use these things, they can become incredible at increasing the productivity of your most expensive resource, mm-hmm. which is your time. people, which we just talked yeah. about, right? And time, right? Those are the expensive resources. And so when you're choosing your tech stack, you want to be able to choose, you know, choose tools that increase the efficiency of your people resources. Mm not that decrease or just do stuff for the sake of doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I definitely recommend doing that. Start to map out what is the process of, you know, the outcome that you're trying to achieve. What does each piece of technology do at each stage? And can you move one completely out? Because another piece of tech that you've got can actually do that same function. Or close to. Yeah, maybe even better. Yeah. One of the things I like to do when, and, and again, just touching back on Ian's question about, you know, what do people miss um, or what should you be focused on is is sort of mapping um, how does a customer move through your business? Mm-hmm. Okay. So how do they find you? What do they do next? What do they do next? What do they do next? How do they give you money? How do you deliver it? How do you keep them? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. And putting some a KPIs against each of those. Again, mm-hmm. what gets measured gets managed. But secondly, also, what is the 
you know, at different stages, what are the resources and or technology that you have in your business that supports that function or does not support that function? Mm. Mm. And I think that's a that's an important sort of question to answer as well as you as you look at scaling. Totally, totally. So I think the next piece is well, you were just talking about reporting then. And I yep. think one of the most important parts of reporting, and you and I do agree on this, is keeping track of the cost of acquiring a client, of keeping a client, delivering to a client, because essentially that's what we do, right? That's our sole purpose. That's why we're here. And these are some of our biggest costs and also can be some of our biggest money sucks if we yeah. don't get it right. Yeah, I, I um I completely agree. Um, you know, we do this stuff, and if we just look at a marketing side of things, we do a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. right? That apparently has no cost. Mm-hmm. Right? I love this one. You know, people who turn up to networking events but don't spend anything on marketing. Mm-hmm. Go, what about the what about the two three hours you just spent in this room? In time, <laughs> in drinks, and in time, right? In the seventy dollar so, you know, breakfast. Gonna spend, <laughs> you're going to spend the, you're going to spend these resources, and we need to start looking at what is it. You know, when we talk about the cost of acquisition of a client, um, you sometimes might see marketers talk about this this COA, right? Mm-hmm. Cost of acquisition. Cost of acquisition. How much does it cost you to get a client to sign on the dotted line and hand over some money for you? Mm-hmm. All of the marketing activities you do. And I'm talking your networking activities, your advertising spend, the cost of your salespeople, uh, you if you're doing the sales, mm-hmm. um, you know how much time you spend on social media from a business context. And I don't mm-hmm. mean scrolling through TikTok for shits and giggles, but every time you write an article, post an article, respond to the comments, building your Facebook group, recording podcasts, mm-hmm. you know all all those costs. Right, come into your cost of acquisition, right? And obviously, we want to be able to spend more to get people, right? So we can play with those as well. But we also want to minimise that cost. Mm. Okay, we want to make that as as efficient as possible. So if you were to start tracking, say over the last three months, how much time and dollars you've spent on all those activities, and then divide them by the number of clients, well, you might suddenly be a little bit surprised that it's in the thousands of dollars mm-hmm. of activity. Mm-hmm. To get somebody, mm-hmm. right? It's Which isn't a problem if you've got a super cents. high ticket item. So if you figure yeah. out that your cost of acquisition is five thousand dollars to acquire a client, and your monthly uh, revenue from that one client is fifty thousand dollars a month, not an issue, right? You'd be handing that five thousand dollars over as many times as you possibly could. But if your cost of acquisition for a client was $5,000 and you were charging $500 a month and your churn was really high and the lifetime value of that customer was only three months, then you're in the red. Yeah. And you may not even be realizing it. That's the yeah, thing. And totally. Particularly when, you know, if it's just you in your business or you and a small team, it's really easy to overlook that cost. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, you get stuck in this trap of thinking, why is, you know, I seem to be working really hard and not making what I deserve. Mm-hmm. Right? If you feel like that, this is why yeah. you are spending more money to get your client than you actually make from them. Yeah. So the the only way that you can figure out what's going wrong is 
actually recording all of your numbers the number of actions your you know the traffic your conversion rates your um you know your no shows your all the things need to be recorded so that when you look at the numbers they paint a picture and you can see straight away oh there's a hole here let's fix just this one piece because yep. the numbers don't lie yeah and it's it's super important right and this is the thing i think people don't do effectively enough when they're looking at scaling versus growth mm. right so if you're getting to that you know seven figures eight figures wherever you happen to be even six figures and you go i seem to be working really hard or your partner has commented that you're working really hard and you're going i don't know where all the money's going to mm. right it's going into these hidden costs that you're just not measuring in your business mm. and so while you're growing you're not scaling mm. absolutely now, while we're talking about reporting, and we've just talked about acquisition, um, lifetime value, so thing like churn, refunds, your cost of delivery, you know, your staff, your technology, these are these are things that you need to report on. But you brought up something that at, when you said it, I was like, how did I not even think of this in the conversation? And that was recording how many days off you have. Yeah. And I thought I this was super clever. Yeah, I mean, I try to track, and, and look, it's easy to get overwhelmed. You can track just about everything, but, you know, you don't want to necessarily just sit there and track. And you don't want to turn it into a full-time <laughs> job just tracking numbers okay. in a spreadsheet, right? Well, you, I mean, you can, if you're at a certain scale, give someone that. Right, but job, it's right? not what, as, as CEOs, we do not want to be doing this. <laughs> yeah, I do not want to be doing that, right? Now, this is part of that delegation, right? Pushing the responsibility of reporting activity back to your team is an important part of scale. Um, but I, I think it's important that we also track, uh, you know, non-financial metrics, not just about, um, you know, cost of acquisition, lifetime customer value, initial customer value, churn rate, email open rate, all these sorts of, you know, probably easy, more easily measurable things. I think it's important to, as entrepreneurs that we track the number of days off we have per month mm -hmm. where you literally don't open your email or you don't pick up your phone, um, you know, that you get thinking time or time with friends and family, whatever it happens to be for you. I think this is a really important metric we sometimes overlook as well. Um, but even even that, right? you know, what's your what's your number of sick days per, you know, per employee? Mm-hmm. You know, because that's going to speak to the culture of the organisation as well. If people mm. are always taking six days, well, maybe someone's not quite right. Mm -hmm. And then you know exactly, like I said before, where the gap is or where things are falling apart so you can start to address them. Yeah. Yeah. I love this conversation. I love this question. When I read this question, I was like, oh, this is a meaty one because, <laughs> yeah, like I said, you don't know what you don't know necessarily. And even – if you did realize all of this, I know from being in business that there's always something that's like, ha, ah, that was a really good reminder. I haven't been doing that. Let's let's get that sorted out. Yeah. Tim, what's one thing that you would like to leave people with from this conversation? I think um, probably the just the, that reinforcement, right? You know, what gets measured gets managed. Mm -hmm. And if you want to make more money from your business – uh, this is a is as a critical thing mm, to mm -hmm. at least keep one eye on. Yeah, hundred percent. 
because it's when you realise things have not been reported, nine times out of ten, probably even 9.9 times out of ten, there's there's a gap there that's just screaming to be looked at. Yeah, yeah 100%. Absolutely. I would like to leave this conversation with if you're not sure of exactly where the gaps are in your business or if you're not sure about exactly what you should be looking at or looking for, then reach out and get someone to help because the most value, there's only two two currencies that we can spend, time and money, I guess health, I guess in a way, I'd never even thought of that before. Um but we, <laughs> right, I've not this. actually thought of that because I always talk about your two currencies and like, hang on, there's three. <laughs> You've just proven that just this week. Yeah. Um, but but let's talk, you know, is someone, our greatest currency is time that we can spend. It's the most valuable resource that we have as CEOs and that spending money to get someone to help us can fast track this process um, and help you to get really clear on what's broken, what's missing or where the gaps are. Great conversation, Tim. Thanks for joining me. Broken and all. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you for tuning in and listening. If you have enjoyed today's episode, we'd love you to take a screenshot on your phone, tag us and Share your greatest aha moment because when we share these, it's it brings together a collective learning. You may have heard something that someone else has missed and it might be just what they needed to hear. It also helps you to reinforce what you've learned today. Thanks for joining us and we'll catch you on another episode next week of Influence by Design. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Influence by Design podcast. If you want more, head over to influencebydesignpodcast.com for the show notes and links to today's gifts and sponsors. And if you're looking to connect with other experts who are growing and scaling their business too, join us in the Coaches, Thought Leaders and Changemakers community on Facebook. The links are waiting for you over at influencebydesignpodcast.com.